From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, how are you today? It's good to be back for another great episode. Oh, I'm doing good, Steve. It's always great to be back. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm uh, looking forward to us chatting a bit. We've uh, had a series of episodes recently where we've had some guests and they're always fun. It's always good for us to have a little bit of time that we can talk through a topic. And and uh, the one we had planned for today is uh, residential versus commercial programming. So um, I think it's something that could get some clarification and um, everybody seems to choose their side there, but I'll, um, I, you and I talked a little bit about this, so I'll, I'll let you kind of kick it off and, you know, just talk about what, what, what are some of the things that you've been hearing and, and, and why is this a topic that's important to talk about? Why the, the important topic to talk about is we're seeing a increase of, um, residential and commercial combining uh we're finding products that you would normally find in residential making their way into commercial and vice versa commercial products making their way into residential um i i think this has always happened but i think COVID has one brought to the light and two has sped it up. I mean, before COVID, you probably had CEOs or presidents or, you know, the big wigs who might have, you know, high-end homes and have residential equipment in it. And then they will come in their office and want the same kind of interaction or vice versa. But now you, with, since COVID, you have regular boots on the ground, folks who are working from home, who are wanting the same experience that they get in the office now at home. Um, so they're improving their, you know, video quality, their mic quality. And we got past that good enough is good enough. I, I think it, I agree with you. I think that that's been happening for quite some time. I, I would even um, venture to say that back to when I first started doing this uh, almost 30 years ago, it's been a weird um, dynamic between uh, if I could do this at home, why can't I do it in the office and vice versa? And and I, I recently heard somebody saying that um, commercial was the one that was really setting the pace for quite some time and, and people wanted to be able to have better technology at home to keep up with the, what they were exposed to in the office, although it was in very special, very um, well outfitted, um, probably uh, high end rooms. Now we're seeing technology being so pervasive at home that everybody is used to having things at their fingertips, and we're we're now seeing the consumer grade equipment really setting the pace and defining what that user experience needs to be, uh, which then goes up to uh, the commercial side. And, and as you said too, there is a difference in equipment and that's there's so many ways that we could talk about that. In fact, that might even be a, its own show in, in itself. But um, I do have to note that we, we spoke a little bit about this with Rich Fragoza back in episode 95. So if you want to 
check that out a little bit too. But um, the it, it's it's it is. Um, I would say that the user experience is something that is also needs to come into play when you're looking at at these these two options. I, I agree. User experience has to come in, but I uh, the hardest thing to get to the users to explain the difference is the experiences are going to be different. For example, at a residential, you're only focusing on that one family. It could be a large family, it could be a small family, how whatever mix is, but you know, it's tailored to their need. You know, if their display doesn't work, only they are impacted. When you go into a corporate or higher education, you you're taking that one family experience and you're blowing it up to hundreds, and they all have what different needs. They all have different experience that they're looking for, and us commercial programmers need to make it adapted to everybody. And it's hard to do that when, like I said, the home is so tailored, it's so unique to that one person. No two homes are alike, but in higher ed, all our classrooms are alike because they have to give the same kind of experience across the building. Um, so it's really it's challenging to get that across the users. I hear it all the time, like you were just saying, oh, I can do this at home. Why can't I do it here? And it's explaining that to them is first off at home like yeah if your tv goes out only you are impacted here if a display in a classroom goes out you have 30 plus students who are affected faculty infected plus everyone else who comes in after that um so it's a larger impact and then there's also the financial aspect of it which might board some of our listeners who are programmers but i always chop it up as Every person in the room, that's a dollar figure. Students are paying to be there. At home, yeah, you know, you pay for the service, your your cable goes out, you're up frustrated, but you know, like you as a consumer, technically he's not losing money, but students are paying to be educated. If the equipment's out and the faculty member cannot educate it, that's money that they're wasting, that they're not getting back. Um, so there's a dollar figure tied to ours. I think if you even go further with it, and and this we, we've actually spoken with manufacturers about it, the the level of operation is not as um, stringent in a in a residential application. Although people want it to work, they're used to, I have to reset something or something. It didn't work this time, or let me do that again. And I'm not saying that that's good. And I'm not saying that's the way it should be, but in commercial, when it doesn't work, you lose confidence and there there's a lot less tolerance for uh, error and for uh, systems not being reliable, um, and especially with people that are or temperamental or, or tentative to use it to begin with. The last thing you need is for them to not have a consistent operation or not be able to feel confident in it. 100%. And that's insane. We, in, especially in higher ed, and of course, going back to that, because it's my bread and butter there, but the higher ed is, as I tell my team, is 
our faculty are not calling us to say hi and things are going well. They're calling us because something is not going well and they're in front of their class and they have some, we say they have egg on their face. They look bad. Something's not working. Um, so their courses not aren't going to be in a great mood when they have to call us to come bail them out because they're supposed to be the, the leader, the power figure in front of the class. And now they are not that because the equipment's not working. One hundred percent. I, I you're, I'm sure you. The expectation is it's going to work, and and not working once is actually failure, not just a hiccup. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. It leads to distrust in the IT AV team and the technology in the building. Yeah. I remember in my old job where we got a request that came in for a ticket saying nothing in the room was working. And I go down that room, everything's, I cannot get any kind of hiccup in the room. It, it's working beautifully. And I was like, all right, well, they're complaining nothing's working, so let me reach out and get more detail. So I reach out to the faculty member, I'm like, hey, we can't replicate any issues. Can you give more detail? And their response was, oh, I haven't been to the room yet. I assume it didn't work. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, no, our rooms work. And it did erg me wrong. But then again, it's you guys think about it is it wasn't that it must not have been their first time to a higher ed classroom. They had to had experience where the equipment didn't work for them to have that notion in their mind already. I I unfortunately feel like that is more common than we would like. Uh, so so that's that's unfortunate, and that's uh, that that that's a shame. Um, the 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 other thing I'll we we probably should talk about is the fact that in a commercial setting, you're talking about a lot of rooms, a lot of systems, and you need to have a way of managing these these products, the and and monitoring uh, the systems because you're essentially running a help desk as you're talking about. In somebody's home, although I'm sure that they want it to work all the time, and you can do remote monitoring, the response time does not have to be as great. It's not um, you're, you're not you're likely not doing as much um, proactive support and and trying and testing the system and and trying to find failures before the users do. So the equipment. That's, that's in those systems need to be able to provide that type of feedback and be able to be set up so that you you can do um, firmware updates, you can do some type of remote diagn diagnostics, you can um, do load patches overnight. There, there's, um, there has to be uh, some infrastructure set up and more so in a commercial than a residential system, although there are big residential systems um, it, it in the commercial side, it, it's it's run more like an IT solution, I would imagine. Yes, I agree. And also, I to take a little side path here, and not to get too far away from programming, um, but like a residential is, yeah, it's money. Clients are paying to have this thing upgraded, um, change at their own dime. 
and businesses and corporations, like they're up burning that money, but they don't, unfortunately, they kind of think about, like, I kind of chopped this up because I, I used to have this conversation when I handle security cameras and everyone's like, they'll look at a business's security camera and they're like, well, my iPhone does better video than that. And I'm like, yeah, but I bet you that business put those cameras in when they first opened, you know, their capital budget, put those cameras in, and then I never thought about them again. And now you're 10 years down the road where your iPhone, you update what, every two years. So, of course, your iPhones are going to be a better camera than things that have been put in years ago. And that's the problem like we do in corporation. They These are products that the business the business doesn't think about anymore because, you know, oh, I put my money up front. I, I had the latest and greatest technology change. I mean, how often are people swapping out their home TV because, you know, we went from CRTs to flat, flat panels. We went from um, 480 to 720 to 1080 to 4K to 8K, whatever. People are putting home theaters in and now are putting uh, OLED screens in. Businesses can't change that quickly. Technology are uh, changing. And yeah, we can probably throw that in our homes, but we can't do that on a large scale like we can um, for our business. I, I think those are really valid points. And it's actually one of the things that I was going to talk about too, is I know from my perspective that working in a commercial system, I have to appeal to the masses, like you talked about earlier, versus working in a residential system, I have to appeal to a person and whether what the solution is consistent with another one or best practice or maybe not ideal, if they're paying, they want it the way they want it. And there's a big difference there. I think some programmers have the patience and and will do the handholding and will provide that white glove service like Rich Fragoza to figure that out and sit and and be involved. In fact, to your point about products changing, a lot of times residential system solutions just don't end. They just continue to evolve and uh, they they almost are, are open ended because they will just be updated and and change and and have um, new products in and out over time. Whereas commercial systems, you would replace a whole system typically when it's the end of life cycle, like like you mentioned. Yeah, and I, I don't want our listeners sitting here thinking uh, I don't know if we're coming across this way, but that we think a oh, commercial is better than resi because there are things that i wish that i've seen from uh resi programmers resi folks that would apply to commercial like resi programmers or resi's installers and all that as you said is a very white glove service it's like i am addressing steve's needs now you're attentive to the user you listen to them you're like, even when you go into their homes, you, you know, you're putting booties on, you're taking care of, this is someone's personal space. So you do very delicate and all that stuff. Where you see these corporate uh, businesses, they come in, they're like, oh, the uh, it's down. We're just going to make a mess out of this. You got papers everywhere. People wearing dirty boots. Like, and it's like, no, you don't do that in a residential 
but they get away with it in a commercial. Um, so I, I, I'm honestly, I wish we can bring more of that mindset into the corporate world. It requires a lot more finesse and, and working in somebody's house is, is a lot more personal and running wires in different houses require different ways, different amounts of creativity and different techniques and being able to keep things hidden. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of more art, I think, involved in residential than, than commercial. Plus the aesthetics too, of the solution are a lot more meaningful, um, the last thing I wanted to wrap up with, because I think it's important, is one of the things that I think doesn't get talked about enough is that the user is still the same. So whether they're using something at work or they're using it at home, and I think that as we find ourselves catering to a younger generation, we're going to find that they're going to have different tendencies, and I'm going to and and I personally have seen that people's patience ha- has really dwindled. They are, everybody wants quick response. Everybody wants things to work the first time they, w- and if it's not easy, they're just not going to do it. So um, I just think that we're going to need to think about that in the new iteration of user experience and, and see how that personal side and which I guess will uh, originate from residential will then find itself being prevalent in commercial because there's going to be a, a, a lot of um, a lot of a change in the tendency of the of the user I think that's a great point is because I I know it, me personally I'm I'm this way too and I see a lot of younger generations are this way too is that you got to hook me right away like even when I all see a video online that was like explaining things if the first like two three seconds i'm not getting what you're trying to get i'm moving on you lost me and that's the same thing is going to be with our controls if i have to hit five ten twenty different buttons you lost me i'm done i'm moving on you're gone (laughs) and that's how residential is they want simplify and that what we got to do in commercial as well we can't have these huge pages and flips and all that stuff Yes, we might have more equipment. We might have more steps that need to be taken, but us programmers need to capture that user right away that they can do what they need to do. And and I think the, the days of telling people the way it should be from our perspective as professionals are probably going to be gone very soon, whereas they're going to tell us the way it should be and we're going to, we're going to work with them to implement it. Hundred percent. Well, that's probably a good place for us to wrap this one. But it, always a good conversation, and and I enjoy us when we get the opportunity to talk through these types of topics. Um, uh, listeners, please let us know what you think, and if you want to join in on this conversation, um, it, we're we're trying to to talk about all the things that pertain to programming, but also the the uh, outreach of the. Uh, AV world. So um, hopefully you found this to be useful. Uh, James, how can people get in touch with you? And uh, are there any last words that you wanted to share? Um, No last words. I think this was a great topic. Good episode. I hope our listeners enjoyed it. Uh, You can find me on, I guess we start saying X, not Twitter, (laughs) at AV underscore James King. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn, semi-active there, not too much. I believe this episode will be out 
um, before, um, um, hopefully, I, I think if we did it correctly. So a little plug, I will be co-hosting the book club for Wave It. So swing over and register for that and uh, check that out because that's going to be a fun. We're talking about the person you mean to be, how good people overcome bias uh, by Dolly Chug. And great book, outstanding book. Um, highly recommend it. And again, you'll find me if you Google me. And is that the it going to be happening in October of 2023? October 5th, 2023. Great. Yeah, great. And uh, belated congratulations on you uh, being selected in the commercial integrator 40 under 40. We Thank you. Started and, with that. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Thank you. And it, yes, it's great to be um, highlighted on there. But another thing is, Showing the power of the move of higher education, we had four outstanding people, yes, myself included on that, but we had three other outstanding higher ed folks in there, Britt, um, uh, Kiyasha, and um, or Camille, sorry, uh, I messed up her name, I apologize, and Hunter, they all are doing amazing stuff. And then also that this year was a split 50-50 of male and female. There's tons of great folks out there uh so again thank you dan and commercial integrator and uh keep up the good work and thank you steve sure and uh we, we had a member of our team on 40 under 40 so uh, uh victoria rook so uh, appreciate uh that and and that was uh I, I was always a big fan of that that group and like seeing those who are in that fraternity or to uh really uh do great things in this industry. So I'm excited and I appreciate Dan and uh, Commercial Integrator putting that together. Um, and if, if you haven't heard, Dan was on recent episodes, so please check those out. That's Dan Farisi. And for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Uh, you can also reach my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. Also do a podcast on Aviation called The State of Control. Check that out as well. And that's a monthly show and has a similar um, topic. So uh, if you're like this, hopefully you will like that. Uh, but please do uh, let us know what you think about this show. Let us know if you want to be part of the conversation. If you have uh, guests or recommendations for topics, uh, please uh, reach out to us in all of the formats we mentioned. We're on YouTube. We're on uh, your favorite podcast player. A rating, review, and a, a share would be greatly appreciated. And we uh, really like to hear from you. So please uh, reach out to us. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>